0: The Eri B-Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Ta'anit, Dav-Vav. Reizdaf is being studied. De'adu nishmat Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem, be'gan Eden. Amen. Reizdaf is being studied. Refua shelema Eliyahu Hayim ben Shafia Sophia. Enna refanalo, enna refanalo, enna refanalo. Futamefesh, ufutagung, ufutato. We begin today's daf on Vav, Hamud Rishon, and we start on the fourth line. (coughs) We learned in the previous kemara that there are two types of rain. There is a rain called the Yoreh rain, and there is a rain called the Malkosh rain. Now, we learned that the... Pasuk says yore So that the rains come in the proper times, yore in the proper time and malkosh in the proper time. yoreh, what is the word yore, where does it come from? Shemoreh, itabiryot cos instructs, yore is to instruct. It instructs the people, la in order to tar their roofs and to bring in the fruits from the field, so they don't get wet, calls <coughs> and to do all their needs to prepare for the rainy season. That mm-hmm. she says, <coughs> second line, Yore. that's the first period of the rain, comes in the beginning of the winter season, to tar their roofs so they don't have leaks in their house with the season, in the rain. <coughs> right, that they had in the field till now that they were drying, so now they're instructed to know how to bring them in. For that matter, all the other preparations that are necessary for the rainy season. <coughs> so that's why it's called Yore. Hamza Gubayi continues The <coughs> Acher We're reading according to the Haggahot Abach Yoreh <coughs> She yoreh Because it comes down Lightly Nahat, Easy Ve'eno yoreh Zaf. But it does not come down, zav, with great force or Violent. violently. So it's would say positive rain. Now we go back to the Gemara. Shemirave et Yoreh is also the otiyot yirave to uh, saturate or to um, to quench or to irrigate. et <laughs> <laughs> It irrigates and quenches the thirst of the. Land, u'mashkeir atehom, and it gives the mashkeir uh, the water atehom all the way down to the depths. Shene emar the Gemara substantiates on the pasuk telemeha, that's the furrows. Rave, rave, they will become hydrated, means saturated with the rain. Nahet gedudeha, and therefore the people will be happy. Birbibim. Which means because of the raindrops, Te uh, it'll soften the ground, and it'll cause the vegetation, the growth, to be blessed. So therefore, you see in the pasuk Te the furrows ra- are uh, Rave, meaning they're saturated with the rain. That's So that's where it comes from. Now, how do we know that yore is Yoreh Benachat? Where is it, mashma, in the word yoreh, in the interpretation that the rain comes down calmly. calmly? Where do we see that? So that she says she yoreh benachat. Actually, we read it in the Gemara, but we read it in the Bach already. The Bach already switched it for us. But the Gemara now says the vav da benachat veino yoreh So that she says she yoreh benachat. V'achi mashma yoreh ke adam shemoreh letemida benachat, like a teacher that teaches his students calmly, like it says in Kohelet, that the words of Chachemim are heard when they are said over calmly. So Yore like a teacher that teaches calmly, what's calm reigns. Inamira she says, Lashon Hetz. That Yoreh is the language of a an arrow. Yoreh Aholech Biyosher. It's a straight arrow-like direction. Now it does not waver, it doesn't go from side to side. She says, that it reaches the target of the land. It doesn't come down violently, which means it comes and reaches its, its, its uh, target, meaning the ground itself. It's not just storms that are blowing rain from uh, side to side. So says, so all these interpretations are what. Are positive interpretations to Yore. The Kembarah says, oh, eh, no, Yore. Maybe the word Yore is different. Maybe it's the type of rain that causes the fruit from the trees to fall off. Maybe there's not too many fruits on the trees in Hajvan. Certain trees do have fruits. I'm referring to those. <laughs> And it causes the ziraim, the seeds, and the the uh, the, yeah, the seeds of the ground, to be washed away. Um and it also washes away the trees. And that would have an interpretation that yoreh is a negative terminology. So that she says, or it washes away the zeraim. Kilomar, the Till now we were saying yoreh is actually a blessing. Or Mm-hmm. Kemo, like it says, Yaro, yeah, Yi Yare, yeah. she shovera kol. That's a lashon of uh, destruction and breaking. Uh-huh. Or the lashon Hayetz, or like we said above, it can be like the lashon of an arrow, which is also a uh, damaging Hayure. Because in Tshachol, like in the pasuk, also because it says, "Vayayim Shemoatu Shmuel Misrotai, Beimlav." And if you don't listen, then atati Metara Sechem Yure Lirah. So, Tshachol, because she has to answer a question over here. Because really, in the Keriyat it's to And then the continues to tell us Vnatati continues to tell us that and the Torah uh, is going to give us the promises, rain, So how does? Look, i even entertained to think it's a kilala When this was written in the penasha Bayam Shemot that, She says, it's as if to say Bayam Shemot this is going to happen Ve'im lav is an implicit And if not, then at It's a tarasichim yoreh, lera'ah Milta be'anmau, v'urkha de'braitah Limitnik, ya'i gabda, fine means, It is the, uh, uh, the way of the Braita to give both sides Is it uh, the tova'ah Or is it liraah? So how do we know that Yoreh is good rains? Tamudomar, Malkosh. Because it compares it to Malkosh, Yoreh, or Malkosh. Malkosh is another type of rain. Ma'am Malkosh, Levracha. Afyolay, levracha. Just like we know Malkosh is a blessing, so too Yoreh is a blessing. Who told you that? Or Eno, maybe not so. Maybe Malkosh is called Ela Shemapil et Tabatin. Maybe the Malkosh rains... Uh, causes the houses to collapse and fall. eta and maybe it breaks the trees because it's so forceful. and it causes the locust to rise up as a result of it and destroy the land, which means at this point over here, the Gemara is assuming that malkosh comes from the word mal. Mal is to cut. And cash is casheh. So, malkosh. It is a cunning that is casheh. So, it could be it's, it's, it's a negative. So, let's read Rashi. Now, Rashi, again, over here, is a little out of order. For example, here, she says, That was going back on the Yorei rains That they knocked down the, uh, knocked down the um, fruit. The trees that are still on the, the fruit that are on the trees in Hajvan. Okay. Now, Ma malkosh le'verakha? She'i efeshal ledrosho L'shaber geranot perot She'ein ametsuim beoto Which means the reason You can't say that malkosh Is talking about Where it's uh, knocking down The granaries Or the, the fruit from the tree Because they're not really found At the time that the malkosh comes down. V'yatai yakhoh ledrosho Ela le'tova you have to say it's a good rain So malkosh in the positive interpretation is Mal is mililot Mililot is the, uh, the uh, stalks of wheat That's the, uh, the mililot or the, uh, the ears That's where the kernels are found And kashin are the, like the straw That are on top of the wheat So called malkosh The rain that falls on the mililot And the kashin That would be the positive interpretation and it fills up the wheat with kernel in its ears. Hadar It breaks the houses down. Okay, so that's the uh, the two sides over here. Is it a uh, positive or a negative? Um and it also brings up the, uh, the locust, Oh, but what do you mean? The pasuf says, So he says, uh, That's referring to the beracha the, 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 the of, the wells will get filled up with this rain, and as she says, "Gimgumi doesn't like that interpretation. So according to this interpretation, we have a machloket, is malkosh now, good or bad? Yore we want to say it's good, because Malkosh is good. So the Givara says, who told you Malkosh is good? Maybe Malkosh is Mal-Kasheh, maybe it's a breaking and uh, destructive. So the Givara says, well, tamud o are Yoreh. We go back to Yoreh. Ma Yoreh le bracha af Malkosh le bracha, But we didn't prove Yoreh yet. So the Givara says, How do you know Yoreh itself is a Beracha? The children of Sion be happy and rejoice in Hashem Elohim, ki natan moreh because he brought you the reins called moreh, yoreh, l'staka, meaning as charity. And those rains are going to come down in the first month So you see what? The Yore rains on the staka They are positive rains So therefore once already we have Yore, that's a good rain For this pasuk and the pasuf says Yoreh Malkosh So therefore just like Yoreh is good So Malkosh is good And therefore we're going to say that Malkosh comes from Mililot and Kashin That it falls down In order to fill the ears With uh, grain And Kashin And grow the uh, straw and the hay So bottom line now The conclusion is Yoreh and Malkosh are both Reigns of Beracha. Kharaz the Gebron says Tarot of Banan We have a bright tarot Yoreh b'marcheshvan When do the Yoreh rains come down? In Marcheshvan U'malkosh b'Nisan Malkosh comes in Nisan Ata Omed Yoreh b'marcheshvan Or Malkosh b'Nisan You're telling me that the Yoreh rains come in Marcheshvan And Malkosh comes in Nisan Or Eno Ela Maybe it's different Maybe Yoreh b'tishri Maybe the Yoreh rains come in Tishri Month before U'malkosh b'Iyar and the uh, Malkosh rains come in. How do you know this? Which means, and that uh, she's telling us over here, that sheesh Adam Milidot even in the Iyar, there's still the ears and the uh, stalks of wheat, and therefore maybe since uh, it's called Malkosh, maybe it even comes in Iyar. And who told you that the rainy season begins in Cheshvan? Maybe it starts in uh, Tishri. That Kabbalah says Tamud Omar Bi'ito meaning in its time. And as she tells on the second line, in its time, that's the right time for it to come down. Yeah. That's the best time for these rains to come out. Okay, so therefore, uh, the Gemara, again, assumes over here, a question, maybe who told you it's in are assuming off the bat, it's Hajjah and Nisan, maybe it's Tishrei uh, and Iyar, not baito and as she said, the best time for these rains to come down, as we're going to see, is really in those months. Okay? Now, there is another bright that she didn't have that text. He just tells that he didn't have that text. But Al-Gibara does have it. So when we get to it, we will read it. The Gemara says, Malkosh. Why is it called Malkosh? Amar Rav Nihalai Bar'idi it's something that breaks the toughness and the hardness of Kla Yisrael. Which means, cause when the Jewish people don't see that rain come down, what do they do? They make teshuvah. So it breaks their stubbornness. That she says, "Shekaseinu yored chozrin Yisrael b'tshuba umetanin," and they fast. They receive the dakot, they give the and therefore you see that it is an item that softens the heart of Yisrael. So mal kosh, it softens the hardness of the heart. The Ber Bishmael Tana davar shememale tivua b'kaseha mal kosh. It fills, ma'mal, milashun le malot, male, it fills tivua the tivua the wheat in its ears, which means it causes the wheat to become filled. Okay, next one, bima'nitatar and the bright tide says, dabar shiyored ala mililot kashin. The rain that falls on the mililot, that's the uh, tops of the uh, ears of the, uh, or stalks of wheat, The reason why they call them mililot, because remember we learned in Masak al betzah that they used to take the wheat and between their fingers, they used to rub them in order to get the kernel out. So that's called limlol, right? To rub them. So they call those stalks of wheat mililot. The kashin and the kashin are the the straw that's on top of it, the stalks. So therefore, the malkosh, ala mililot, ala kashin, on the ears of the grain itself, and the kashin on the straw that is on top of it. That's the This is the bray that Ashi did not have in his text. Yorei be Mar Cheshvan, Yorei falls in Mar Cheshvan, Umalkoch That's the bottom line. Ata Umed Yorei be Mar Cheshvan, or Eno Ela be Chodesh Keslev. Gemara, instead of going early, goes later. Maybe the maybe Yorei starts in Keslev. Kamud Amar Berito. Pasuk says Berito. That what? It's going to happen in its right time. Yorehu malkosh. That what? Yorehu malkosh happened in the right time. Ma malkosh beito, Just like malkosh in the right time, meaning in Nisan. Af yoreh beito in its right time, which we're saying what? Is also hejban. And that's the conclusion of the Gemara. Now we know that has to be in the right time, because Malkosh, we just proved, is in Nisan. That's when the million and the kashim are there. That's when the wheat are in their uh, their stalks, and the, the ears are there. <laughs> so therefore, Just like Malkosh is very tall, so to uh yore is very tall. Yoreh was saying is, Cheshvan. Tanya idach. Yoreh Mar cheshvan, u Malkosh be nisan. Deverer b'meir. Clear bright. Yoreh rains fall in cheshvan, Malkosh rains fall in nisan. Vachamim omrim, Yoreh Kislev. Hakamim say that the Yorei rains can even fall in the month of Kislev. Gemara asks, Main Hakamim, Who are these Hakamim that you're saying? Amar of Chazda, the Shita we have a Shona. When we talk about the first period of rain, there's three different periods of rains. When is the first period of rain? So the Gemara says, "A According to the way that she understands me, the earliest time for the first period of rain to fall, Bishloh Shabib al That's the we expect it to fall on the third of hajvan, Binunit The second option is by the seventh of Hajvan. Bo Afila and the last option for the first rains would be Bishvah Asar Bo the Bimir. So according to the Bimir is three, 7, 17, if it comes early, it's on the 3rd. If it comes in the middle, it'll be on the 7th of Cheshvan. If it comes late, it's at the 17th of Cheshvan. Rabbi Yehuda says, In 7th, and in 23th, and in 23th. Look Rabbi Yehuda, it's seven, seventeen, twenty-three, 23. All in Cheshvan. Rabbi Yosef says, In 23th, and in 23th, and in Keslev." So you see what? It's possible that the Yore rains can fall in Kislev. So that's the Shittah of HaKamim. When HaKamim said that Yore rains can fall even in Kislev, that's very Rabbi Yosef that says the periods of the first rain can be from the uh, 17th or the 23rd would be the middle and the Rosh Chodesh would be the latest time. Rabbi Yosef Omer. Rabbi Yosef further said, we're going to learn, being this is that when there was a drought and there was no rain, so the rabbis would declare certain fasts in order to end the drought. At the beginning of the fast process, this is the Tavidah would fast. They were the first ones. To fast a series of three fasts, then it would progressively get worse, so then already the public would have to join the fasting as well. So Rabbi Yosef said, Do not start a series of fasts. So you see, that's the once already, slave comes and it didn't rain yet. That's the cut off point. Which the other rabbis, they would start their fasting a little earlier. Because they said the Yoreh is supposed to come from an, from an earlier time. But according to Rabbi Yosef, since the Yoreh Can't come even in Kislev. So we don't start proclaiming uh, faiths until Rosh Chodesh Kislev passes and there is no rain. Amar of Khazda, Halakha, <laughs> Kerebi Yosef. Rashi says, let's start from Rashi. Hey, Rebi'ah. Is his man should now come and finish the yes, more three periods for it to come down. Afila. Acharona kevom ki afilotena bechira is the first period where it can come down. Afila was the yes. later period, like we see in the Chumash Shemot ki afilatena. The B'yuda almer bechira bezayim mechashram beni beyudzayim vaafila bechavgima v'chulu ani tata yorei karilu. And all those three periods are called the yore periods. Ena yachidim etanim d'anim esamush shlishit let'anot are veo'il bezman shlishit b'rosh chodesh u'eni arnim etanot. Since the third one is on rosh chodesh, so the chachim are start fast until after rosh chodesh chistem passes and they start their fast. Okay, like what it says. When Yudzayim starts, and passes, and there's no rain, Because uh, according to the Bim-e-ir, that's already the last period, because the Bim-e-ir said, it's, uh, the Bimi'ir was the Shittah that said, the first one, Right, 3 seven seventeen. So by the 17th already, it's over So the Mishnah later on that says, by the 17th The first thing is following the Bimir's opinion Why? That's the later uh, uh, period according to him That's according to the Rabbis that say the Yoreh even is in Kislev Okay, we're going to see that now. Comes again and says, so we have again, what do you mean by Yosef? That on the Rosh Chodesh Kislev, there's no rain, already the Yahidim start to fast. Amemor had the statement, but not in the same context that we had it. He adds the Chazda's statement in the following context: Bishul Shab in Mar Cheshvan Shoalim into Geshemim. According to his first opinion, you start saying by the Chalim within Talam at on the third of Cheshvan. The ban Gamliel Omer Bishva Abu. The ban says no. You start on the seventh of Cheshvan. Amar <laughs> no, of Chazda alakha, Kira ban Gamliel. Halacha follows the ban Gamliel. That what? They start Marechalino on the 7th. Now, who would that be going like according to the opinions that we mentioned above? Yes. That would be going like Rabbi Uda. Because Rabbi Biyuda said that the periods of rain are what? 7, 17, and 23. And therefore, you would start saying Marechalino according to Rabbi Uda as well on the yes. 7th. So, therefore, comes out, we have a great mahalukhtin of Chizdan uh, amemor exactly when it says halakha karabi Is it halakha be meaning? That really the the periods of rain start on the seventeenth, and therefore according to Rabbi Yoseh, it's seventeen twenty three one. That means by Nechalin, according to him, will start on the seventeenth of Heshvan. Right, ten times That's when the rains really begin. Or do we go halakha? Can bagam Halakha <laughs> Karaman who says that you start on the 7th, which will be consistent to Rabbi Yehuda of that bride that had said 7, 17, 23. So that's the Mahloket, and how Rav Hazda uh, made his statement. Did Rav Hazda say, Halakha Karaman Gamliel, which is consistent to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, in that... Right, says, The following statement, who was it going like? The following statement, who was it going If let's say you had rains, that fell seven days consistently, it rained seven days straight, which means in seven-day consistent rains, you can actually count all three, all three uh, periods. Not simultaneously. because according to no in seven days you'll uh, will you get all three periods. But it means that if it rains seven days straight, you'll get two out of the three. And then another seven, you'll get another two. Which means... For example, according to uh, the first shittah, according to Rabbi uh, Meir, it's uh, 3, or 7, 17. No, it's 3, 7, 17. So now, according to the Rabbi Meir, from 3 to 7 is only 4 days. So according to him, if it rains all those 4 days, you will get the first two to be Ayyot. You'll get th- day 3 and you'll get day 7. But subsequently, if it does another seven days, you're not going to get the third to be involved. Because it's ten days between the seventh and the seventeenth. So therefore, a seven-day raining period cannot get you all three periods. Mm-hmm. It'll get you the first two. But by the way, it doesn't have to rain seven. It can only rain four well, at already and you'll get. Now the last one, you need ten. Because it's three, seven, seventeen. So seven days is not going to get you to the Bi'ayot in that, in that uh, fact. You need ten days. Yeah. So therefore, it cannot be according to the Mir. Let's go to the biyuda. The Biuda says 7, 17, 23. Now even though from 17 to 23, if it rains all seven days, you'll get two Bi'ayot. But from 7 to 17, if it rains seven days straight, you're not going to get two Bi'ayot because it's a ten-day stretch. However, according to the B, Yoseh, that says it is 17, 23, 1, so according to him, we'll say, if it rains 17 to 23, that's 7 days you get 2, and 23 to 1, another 7 days, you'll get 2. So therefore, in a 7 day raining period, you can get 1 and 2, or you can get 2 and 3 either or, you can get 1 and 2 or 2 and 3, that's what the that Gimbalah means to say yeah. now, the only question you'll ask is, it's not so, because 23 to 1 is really 8 days, yeah. so that she has to come along and say it's really not, Kathy 23, You start from yeah. 24, right, that's a little dark that's so not really, uh, you're, 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 you know, you're playing around with the, with the numbers does 4 want to say a little different, does 4 want to say no, I can give you a case of 7 days let's say it rains on the 23rd day in the middle of the afternoon yeah. So it'll be seven days me'et It'll be on the first day of uh, uh, of, of Kislev. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, if you the who I'm not my rain right in the morning. If it rains right in the afternoon, so therefore to get seven complete days, 24-hour intervals, it will take you to uh, the first day of Qaslim in the middle of the day. So therefore, it comes out according to this, according to the Biyoseh, it's the only opinion that can work out with this statement, that when it rains, in seven-day periods you can get one and two, and... Two and three. So you have to explain that it's gonna rain seven days twice. rains seven days in the first period and seven days in the second period. You can count all the three the be Now let's read Rashi she on this here. Look at that They rained. Meaning it rained seven days, it stopped, and it rained another seven days. In that situation, you can end up counting all three. Can Yose? Now The other Or which is counting seventeen and twenty-three, that'll get you to seven. as well, They have to say without counting twenty-three. That's what she says, when you're you going to 17 to 23, you can't take 17, you can't take 23. When you're going from 23 to Rosh Hodesh to get 7 days to count 2, you can't count the Nebiyah, you gotta count the next day. The But according to all the Rabbis, it's not gonna work out. It's not even 7, it's just only 4 days. days. Right, then you have from 7 to 17 at 10 days. Well, the because you have 7 to 17. Well, okay, yes. That there? Yes. That's what that bit is. A bit. And that makes more sense. Because from, from according to the B. Yudah, well you have a problem from seven to seventeen, but seventy to twenty three, you're good. So it's enyot, when you have exactly seven. Okay, so therefore it's going according to Shita of Rabbi Yosef, And the Tosfortus comes out over here, and if you want to see he says, Alright, the end of the Tosfortus says the <inaudible> That's the way Tosfot so understands this case of it. But again, who's it going like this statement? The Biyot, see where you can include all three of the Biyot in rains of seven days consistent, a stop, and then a continuation of seven days, you'll get all three of the Biyot. Khamerat says, of Chazda, Alakha, <laughs> Now some just take this out already, because this girsah is really not necessary, because we had that statement already on Avchazda, <laughs> that Why would we have to repeat it over here? So some are ready to take this girsah out, because already we learned that statement before. The Lord there's a lot of girsahot, uh, both in the Gemara, both in Shitat Rashi, which we said is not Shitat Rashi, that's why it's a little hard to navigate it to get all the proper uh, get In any event, the Gemara now is going to analyze. You told me when did it be Ari Shonash, and actually Shit whether it's three, seven, seventeen, seven, seventeen, twenty-three, seventeen, twenty-three, one, what's the purpose to know these dates for? We're, we're not, uh, uh, we're not, we don't know. We, we Maybe it is for nafkina for faith. We know. What do we have to know? What day seven is the first day. What do Day seventeen is the second period. What do we Day twenty-three is the third. What's the nafkaminan mm-hmm. to know these periods? So the Gemara says, bishtamad v'yarishona lishol. And is very simple. That's when you stop by echalenu. Respectively, according to each opinion, either on the third according to the Bimeiiri, either according to the seventh according to the Mi'udah or the seventeenth according to the Biyoseh. That I understand. The oh, that's when you have to start saying. But but then of course. Shlishit letanot, and I understand what the third period is. So if it doesn't rain by the third period, that's when you have to start fasting. According to the B, B. it would be by the 17th. According to the B. Yudah would be by the 23rd. And according to the B. Yosemite B'idosh Chodesh, Kislev. <laughs> However, Shin'iyale Mai. What do you need to know the second period for? What's that Nafkamina? Amar B. Zera. So the B. Zera tells us. Lindarim. <laughs> Nafkamina <Yeah, laughs> for the laws of vows. Ditnaan. As we learned in a Mishnah. ad Adagishamim. Let's say a person makes a nedir. Which means, I'm not going to have pleasure from this item until the rains. A'da geshamim, from, Mishirdu oh, geshamim. From, from when the, what's that, aleph? A'dshiyahu. ad Or he says, until there will be rains. So what is that? It means until the second reigning period. Why? The simple interpretation is one of two understandings. Either because you said Gishamim. which is plural. Plural so the is so not the first period, but the second period. Or you can say that when you say a word of Nidir, Nedarim always goes according to the vernacular, the way people speak. The first period, I don't call it the rainy season yet, because the, 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 the ground is really not uh, saturated after the first rainy, rainy period. But by the second rainy period, and the second one comes down, then already, that's called rain. Because now the earth is already all saturated. So therefore, when we go work with the Dereen, we work according to people, the way they talk. So they don't mean the first rain, they mean by the second rain. So therefore you have to know when the second rain is. So that's why it's nafkaminah, you have to know that second period, if a person makes a nether and says, ada geshamim, so you got to know, is it the is it the seventh, is it the seventeenth, is it the uh, 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 the twenty-third, which so, you have to know exactly, each one according to shita, what is that second period, so he knows exactly when his nether is. Khalantul. amad we i give you another nafkaminah. For the olives, Ditnan we have a brighter. mashta me adam mutanim beleket peah. Leket peah is the entitlements that the uh, farmer has to leave in the field for the anim, right? When he's uh, picking the uh, wheat and some of it. Uh, actually, we'll give you a clear interpretation of each one of these items of leket peah to get it uh, to get it clear once. Okay. Yeah. When they're reaping, one or two sheaves fall, he has to leave them. is You totally left them in the field. It's not that they fell. You just cut, and those two were standing in the field themselves. That's Shekha. Pe'ah is the corners. The corners of the field you have to leave for the Anim as well. Now, peret, that's by uh, grapes. That if you have, let's say, two uh, gargirin uh, that fall from the boats so when you're taking the grapes down, you have two clusters, let's say, uh, fall, that's called peret, and olelot is uh, a, certain, uh, a a certain, let's say, deformed cluster that grows in a straight line. Instead of growing like in a cluster, so you have to leave them for the ani'im uh, as well. Okay? So it's lekej khan pe'ah by the wheat, and peret, and all the said by the uh, grapes. In any event, kol adam mutem now. The law is like this, after a certain time, that lekej khan pe'ah becomes hefkir. Everybody can take from it. So you have to leave it for the ani'im till a certain moment. And then after that period passes, it's free uh, free food for everybody, including the owner. Mm-hmm. Once the Nimushot get to it. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the Nimushot? Gemara will explain to us what the Nimushot are. But once the Nimushot come, it's all okay. good. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the grapes, once the time everybody can benefit from it, which is once the Anim, they go into the vineyard, and they come back, so then already, you know, they, they collected whatever they did, and they went back, so they went back really a second time, so they went forward in the field, and they came back in the field, after that time already, the aneem said, That's it. whatever is there we got, and then if something they forgot about, they, make it, they give up uh, hope on it already, so therefore after they made two, uh, you know, a, a forward, uh, a two-way trip, Going and coming back, and then you can have the uh, grapes. When it comes to the olives, once the second uh, rainy season comes, the second period, why? Because by that time everybody collected what they collected. So once the second rainy season comes already, they're not left. And if there's something that was left, you know the alim already gave up on it, and therefore you can take it. So therefore you have to know when the second season is. If a guy wants to have his, grapes, his olives that are in his field, he uh, wants to know exactly what date is that. So therefore, there's nafkamina for the olives. Good. Mm. Now the Gemara says, You told me that when it comes to the leket shekhan peah, uh, the owners, or for that matter, everybody can take from them. The non-anim once the nimushot get to it. What is nimushot? Amar of Yohanan sabe, the old people, the old men, the azle at Tigra that walk with their cane. Which means these people, they go through the field very slowly. Therefore, when they go through the field, since they're going very slowly, because they're walking on their cane, so they go through it's a very thorough uh, cleaning out of the field. So once already, the people know that the the old guys that walk through it with their canes, then all the other anims say, forget, it. they're not left in that field over there. They didn't leave anything for us, therefore they give up uh, hope. And then once the nimushot go through, who's that? The old people that walked on their caves? So then already, Rashid says, <coughs> Right? And they, 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 they scrutinize the field. Okay? And that's why they call them, could be nimushot also, because nimushot comes from the Lashon, to feel. To feel. So there were these people They go very slow, they feel everything, they make sure that things, uh, you know, they touch everything. <laughs> 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 the shakish comes along and says, it's talking about she Ani, a poor guy, <clears> that has his son trailing him. Because He has a system. He's in the front, he has a kid behind him. Anything he misses, his kid's going to get. Once the Alim know that this guy went through with the Likute, they say, not left. And therefore, if there's something that is left, it's already considered Hefkir. I'll give you another nafkamina On the understanding of what the second period of rains is for. Amar in order to now it be permissible to walk on the, uh, the roads, which means there's a certain uh, tonight that when Yeshua ben Nun divided Erech Yisrael, he made a law that in a certain season it will be permissible for Jews to walk across each other's fields in order to make shortcuts Now, obviously that's not during the, the season that they're growing plants because then you're going to ruin it so it says, "The A person is allowed to walk in the roads. <coughs> Those roads of <are> called Shvideh Adeshut. With their permission, once really the red comes, then already the the, the 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 produce is starting to grow. That she says, and already you're going to, you're going to trample on. It. It's going to destroy the wheat. Mm-hmm. So when is already the wheat start to grow by the second of YAH. So Nafkamina. Once the second of Ya comes, to put the no trespassing signs up. If is now ready, you cannot cross the uh, the fields of your friend in order to uh, take a shortcut. Another <coughs> Nafkamina. But if he has a specific day, yes, it's that mahlok And we learned that it's a three-way right? machlok: be Meir, Yehuda, pås, and the be Yosef. That's when it starts. We know in the Shemitah year A person is allowed to uh, Has to stop working his field That's obvious Mm -hmm. However he's allowed to eat From the fruits that he has in his house However A person cannot eat Not only eat from the fruit that's in his house But in the field itself There's things that grow by themselves Stuff that was planted in the sixth year That grows automatically Without you working it that grows in the seventh year. And therefore, these items are mutar to eat. However, after a certain time, those fruits that are in the field become forbidden. You cannot take them for yourself, for your own consumption. You have to make them ifkir. That's called bi'ur. Bi'ur means to make it ifkir and you have to let uh, everybody take it. Uh, some want to say bi'ur means that you can take uh, a little of it and the rest of it, because you're, you're not worse than anybody else, then the rest of it you have to Burn. Or you give away some of it, and the rest of it you have to burn. But the point is, you're not allowed to, uh, uh, to, to keep it for yourselves anymore. It has a deen of hefkir. So comes again what An says. <coughs> Until when is a person allowed to benefit this surfin And then he has to burn whatever is left over. When it comes to tevin and kash, that's the straw and the uh, stubble of shavi'ite. Once the second rainy season passes, each one according to its opinion, then already have to burn all the straw and all the stubble that a person has. Why? The pasuk says, "So long as the animals are able to eat these things in the field." So long as the animals in the field can eat the straw and the stubble, so can you. You can use that same stubble and feed your personal animals in your house. But once already the animals in the field are no longer eating from that straw in the stubble, yeah. that already you have to stop feeding it the animals in the house. Now why by the second of the don't they eat it in the field anymore? Because the ground is all mo- moist already. It's all, um, it's all wet. And therefore the animals can't eat the straw in the stubble anymore. It's all destroyed. So therefore, even though you might have some in your house, doesn't matter. You have to do bi'un now. Uh, once the animals cannot benefit from in the field, you have to take the straw and the stuff that you have, in your have to Not feed it the animals anymore. Okay. Now you have to fulfill the medzbah of bi'ud. So it comes out, how many answers do we have to this question? We said, what's the nafkamina coming out for the second bi'ah?" So the first answer was the anyad Nidarim. Right, neder Second one was zetim, that the zetim in a field, a person is able to benefit from them. Meaning the anim lose their uh, uh, exclusive rights to the zetim by the second Rivi'ah. What was the third interpretation? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, the papa reshut. <laughs> That once the second rain comes, you cannot walk through people's fields in order to take the shortcuts. According to the one by its haq, it was Ba'ir perot, shibi'it. And by that time over there, when it comes to tevin and cash, once the second rain season comes, the animals are not eating it in the field anymore. You could have benefited from in your house for your personal animals if we have to make it ifkir and follow the law of bi'ur. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's Four Nafkamino. Kamza Gamaran says, Amma Rabba Ribyabhu, first white life. Mah Shon Ribya. Now why do they call the periods of rain rivyah? Rivyah Shora, Rivyashiniya, Rivyashri Shit. What is this word ribyah? Davar Shirovaya et karka. So they're giving you Lashon, it penetrates the ground. Roveya is to penetrate. It's like the water Right, comes from up and it penetrates deep in the ground. Kid <laughs> <laughs> the Rav mitra compared to the rain; he called it is the husband of the ground, which means it's considered the Zahar that it's the ground that comes in and penetrates the ground like a uh, baal uh, to the ground. Shnei geshem lo Ki im hirva'e ta'ariz v'holida The pasuk when it refers to the ground, it says the ground will give birth. V'holida. So therefore the ground is considered like the female. And therefore the rain that penetrates into it is considered like the zakhar. Ve'amar abu. The first uh, period of rain, what is its purpose? When, 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 when is it considered substantial? Kedesh bekarka tefa. It's got to be enough rain that can penetrate the ground, a tefah. Let's say tefah for argument's sake is about three inches. The second period already, the ground, the earth has to be so moist, where you're able to be like a, like a, like a, like a, like a cement, where you're able to take the uh, moist dirt on the ground, and now seal a barrel, which means it sticks now. The earth, if the earth is dry, it's just like clumps of dirt. However, when it's moist, now you're able to use it as a sealing. So that's already you know that the second Nevi'ah uh, was functional. of la pi you know, if already a rain came down, enough rain to make the earth with the consistency in order to seal the mouth of a barrel, and you have to know that year there was no curse. Because there is a curse by the in Shema that says, God's going to close the shamayim from giving rains. You should know, once it got to that point, you're out of the, you're out of the woods. There's no kelada that year. That's already a significant rains. The Amad of sheyardu kodem en mishum gives an interesting law here: rains that fall before ve'atzar, meaning before the time of Kiryat Shema, that you say ve'atzar, en beim mishum ve'atzar. Now we don't know what Kiryat Shema is he's talking about. Is he talking about the Kiryat Shema of the morning? Meaning, is he saying that if you have early morning rains, that's beracha? Therefore, there's no ve'atzar. Or is he referring to the rains that fall before Arbit, when you say the Kiryat Shema. But his point is, Gishamim Shedu Kodem Ve'atzar, meaning before you recite the paragraph that has in it, to no, those rains are beneficial. The rains at that time, there's no curse. Amar Abayyeh, uh, Lo Amran Ela Kodem Ve'atzar De'urta. That's all talking about, before Ve'atzar, no, is the evening. Which means... But before the evening, Kiryat those rains are very beneficial. Now, late afternoon rains, they're very beneficial to the world, therefore it's Berakha. However, about Kodem ve'atsar, de But early morning rains. Yes, I Ben, mean, Mishum ve'atsar. Even if it rains in the early morning, those rains are worthless. Therefore, it's still a curse the so president shouldn't think, wow, we've got a great rain this morning, early in the morning. Nothing, that rain's uh, not going to be beneficial. Therefore, it's still in the parasha of Ve'atsar. bar bar These early morning clouds, <laughs> led They have no substance, no substance, which means they're worthless. Early morning clouds, nothing. Dichtiv. <laughs> The Prophet says to the Jewish people, What am I going to do with you, Ephraim? What am I going to do with you, Yehuda? Your kindness is like the morning clouds, which means it's worthless. Nothing, uh, no, no, no substance. So Gemara says, What are you talking about? You tell me the early morning rains are not uh, substantial? There's a statement that the people say. Miftah Babem Mitra When you open your door early in the morning and you see rain, Bar Khamra, you donkey driver, the donkey man that, that 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 is in charge of transporting wheat from city to city, muh fold up your sacks of, of of wheat, and go to sleep this season. Which means we're not going to need you. When it rains early in the morning, there's going to be so much produce and so much berakha. We're not going to need the driver of the hamor to transport wheat from one city to the other city. Fold up your sacks and go to sleep for the season. Why? Because there's going to be so much abundance. There's going to be so much surplus that we're not going to need anybody to go deliver anybody. what's going to have berakha. Well, What does that show you? In the early morning rains, when you open your door, it's a beracha. So oh, they just told me that the early morning rains are uh, not worth anything. Lakasha, no question. katir it depends. If you have katir that's a thick cloud. You have a rain that came from thick clouds, that's beracha. However, the katir but if the morning clouds are ananim, which are thin clouds, like the Pasuk said, V'hasdechem ke'anan boker. Which means, uh, thin clouds in the rain, obviously there's different type of clouds that produce rain. So if it's a thick cloud that produces it in the morning, then you're right, and it's beracha. However, if it's a thin cloud in the morning that produces the rain, then already it's still considered in the kelala of ve'atsar. Amar of said, Tabalishata. It's good for the year the tibet armalta, that the month of Tevet is widowed. Which literally means that it's a dry Tevet. That there's no rain in Tevet. That's good for the year. So Gemara says, what's the, what's the reason? Why should that be? Ika amre delo bayre What does that mean? Look at Rashi. One, two, three lines down after they get white. Tavale shata ashreha. Fortunate, kelovar, tova. Yesh le shana de tebet armelta. She'en geshemim yurdim ba larbi atar is why he de, de lo baidi tarbitze. Otan mekomot she marbitzim b'hem torah enan borot, which means it's not going to empty out the yeshivas. Why? Me paneshat de nachim yafimen. Because since the roads are, uh, 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 you can you can travel travel uh, So the students are able to travel from place to place in order to go study. So that's when she has, disseminate. To, to disseminate Torah, They're not going to be empty. The academies of Torah are not empty in the, when the month of Tibet is dry, because the, the students are able to go back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> Which means, there's certain gardens, that, uh, like the Karshinim, that they don't grow on a lot of water so therefore these type of vegetables uh, if it's a if it's a dry Tibet it's beneficial because the keshinim will be able to grow properly so That's two interpretations it's not going to to, to drown out uh, the uh, gardens there's a type of uh, plague that's called sheddaphon blithe, which causes the wind uh, to blow and destroy the crop. However, uh, it only happens when there's uh, wet, when there's moisture Then it blows like the uh, dirt and it gets it all over the uh, crop and it ruins it. That's Mm sheddaphon. However, when it's a dry Tibet, so that limits the uh, uh, possibility of sheddaphon coming and ruining the crop because of the dry earth. Right, as she says, But when it's moist, the shidafon, I guess this blight uh, that they call it, can stick to the wheat. However, when it's dry, the shidafon cannot stick to the wheat. And therefore, it cannot damage. So it's beneficial to the crop when Tevet is dry. Ini, we have a contradiction. Ve'amara v'hezda, taval ishata de Tevet minnavalta. It's good for the year when Tevet is minuval. When it's all muddy. muddy, meaning you have a good rain in Tibet where the street's are all muddy. So make up your mind. Is it better to have a dry Tibet or is it better to have a wet Tibet? Telat again, what I says, <coughs> Lakasha, depends what happened before. If it rained prior to Tibet, then we'd rather have a dry Tibet. But if there was no rain prior to Tibet, then certainly we're better off having a... Uh, that causes the streets to become all muddy because we need the rain. Let's say I have a country. Okay? And the rains fell on one part of the country but didn't rain on the other part of the country. There's no kilala there. Why? Because even the area doesn't get rains. From the area that did get the rains, they 'll be able to export wheat to that city over there, and they 'll have food. so so long as some area of the Medina gets rain, the whole Medina is not considered under the spell of mm. we have a contradiction the prophet says i 'm going to refrain you from the rains Three months before the katsir. Now three months before the katsir, is very beneficial to have the rains. So the Prophet says, it's going to stop. al'ir ahat. The Prophet says, it's going to only rain on one city. amtir. But on the other city, it's not going to rain. So right away, it's a curse. Where it's raining on one place, and not on the other. Hilka matir. On one part of the field, it's going to rain, and one part, no. So you see when there's partial rains in one place, and in the other place, no. That's a kilala not only is it a kilala on the place that there's no rain but it's a kilala even on the place that it does rain so how did you tell me that when one place has rain in the city and the other place doesn't it's a there's no ba'atsar here you see it's a kilala on both if in the one place that it rains it rained excessively then it's a curse on both places. Because the place that got the excessive rain, it's not, not, not beneficial, and surely the place that doesn't have the rain, they don't have any food either. That's a curse on both places. But we're talking about where in one place it rained accordingly to the num- to the right amount, even though the other place it did not, it's a lot, and the place that got the substantial rain will be able to have enough wheat in order to export it to the other place, and therefore they are a not subject to we can prove this, what you just said from the Pasuk. It says on one place, it's going to be Timmater. What does the word mean? It's going to be a place of rain, meaning it's going to be flooding. Timmater, it's going to be a place of rain, and the water is going to be excessive. Timateh the So where the puddles are just gonna be on the uh, on the ground. that what that's only a curse because there was excessive rain in that place. <laughs> Ababhu. Ababhu along and says, Now, we know that in the olden days that when they were waiting for the rains, when the first rain came of the season, so that already was a very happy uh, happy moment. So they would make a beracha so the question is you know, how much rain is considered enough where you qualify to make a berakhah okay, now she says he <laughs> make a special berakhah at the first rains questions you know the she The Gemara is going to give a different barakah. The Gemara is going to say, The barakah that you say on the rains is and a whole special thank you. And then you say, Baruch and Audaot. So that she just says, over here, over here, it's giving you a different barakah that's giving you in the Massechet. Berachot Over there, it gave you the barakah, Vatov So that she answers that Gemara said, Over there, it depends. If you actually saw the rain, then you make the barakah, Vatov If you just heard about the rains. And they told you you were away. Oh, you know it, it rained in the back home. Oh, so therefore the Gemara makes a look between which Berachah you make, depending on whether you see it or hear it. Rabbi Kiki the eger over here, the Gadol HaShas, questions Rashi. and says, why did Rashi give this answer? That's not the Maskanah of the Gemara Berachot. The Maskanah of the Gemara Berachot is it depends if you own a field or you don't own a field. If you're a field owner, then you say, If you're not a field owner, then you just say, this bodima, So, that is really the maskana. any questions, why she just gave you the hava Amina, not the conclusion? In any event, how much rain has to fall to qualify to make the barakah? Give her the answers. When the hatan comes to greet the kalah. What does this mean? So, he explains like this. When there's enough water on the ground... Right? that when the rain now falls, the rain that's on the ground already, which we're going to call the Hatan, jumps up to greet the Kalah, which is when the, when the rains collide with each other, so it causes one drop to... To come up. So therefore, Mashiach, Hatan Likrat Kala. That when the Hatan, we call it the rains that are on the ground. When the rain that comes up, when it hits the rain on the ground already, and jumps up to greet it, so then already, it's considered enough rains. if it's a dry ground, so that's not the Hatan Likrat Kala. Therefore, you will not make the Berakha. Look at Rashi. Hatan Likrat Kala. Shirdu kol kach, kshishatipan nofelet, yutz'ah aharet uboletet Right? another one uh, protrudes up in order to read it Mepimori Mishnah gives a second interpretation of Hatan Kala Shuk Kenegdo which means there's puddles that are streaming in the street and they meet each other at the crossroads I mean, the puddle coming from this way over here the puddle coming from the other road over there they come to meet in the middle that's the Hatan Kala the, the streams of water themselves meet in the market so the Gemara says, What's the Berachah that you make? My bevarech? Amar of Yehuda, Amar Rab. Modim anahu Lo Hashem akol tipa ve tipa shorat alano. So you have to actually thank Boleh Olam for every single drop and drop that the Kaddosh Baruch Hu brought down for us. But the B'yohanam is saying And the B'yohanam would end this Berachah by saying Which is the similar uh, words that we have in the Berachah Nishmat that we say on Shabbat and Yamim Tovim, all that praise the Kadosh Baruch Hu, and until the end, Al Ya'azmunu l'chamecha, Hashemun and o'azmunu, etc. to the end of the Berachot that the Kadosh never abandoned us, and never left us, Baruch Rav Aodaot. And the Hatimah is Baruch Rav Ha'odot. Which means, what is Rav Ha'odot? Meaning, Nashi. Rav Ha'odot, bottom line. Rav Ata Atakoreh la Baruch Hu. Which means the uh, majority of berachot, we call out and we give thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu velo kola hodaot and that, all the hodaot now at this point the Kimah is really assuming when it says it means the abundance, not majority but abundance of berachot, meaning harbe, abundance, marbit so Maruch, rovot, you're the God that the abundance of berachot and and things are given to you. But rov can also be Mashma, majority. So the Gebra doesn't like that connotation of majority. So that the Gebra says, rov haodaot, kona hodaot. What do you mean rov I know it has a connotation meaning plenty or many. But it also has a connotation of being majority. Which is maashma, only the majority of things we give to God for the blessing, but not all. So they give us, Amaraba Ema, Ela Hodaot. Oh, you know what? So say, Ela Hodaot. Ela is ma shma, the God that all the Hodaot go to him. All the praise, all the thanks go to him. So they substituted the word, Rav, with El. So they give us, Amar Ava, Papa. You know what? Hilkak Vimrinu Litarvayu. Say both. Your problem was that the Rav has a connotation of majority? I'll fix it. Say, El. Once I say e, laud, that's a connotation of all the Hodaot, Now it will explain what "rov" means. Also, the plenty, and therefore to 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 to, to, to fix the negative connotation of "rov." Say el and rov together. How do you do that? They will el a el ha'odaot Let's see. that she see. the us see. Let's Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. And therefore, according to that she, the expression of the is like this. Since we're praising God for every single drop, so therefore we want to get that Lashon Marbit, meaning the plentiful Odaot, we're giving you a praise. So we're saying, meaning B'marbit, okay plentiful amount of berakhan. now how do I know that means plentiful because I'm ending the barakah saying Ela which is Jordan God that all the praises come to you so the, the kela really fixes the connotation of rov to mean merbit, meaning the plentiful abundance. Now, why do I want to use that plentiful why don't I just say because I want to show them. I'm thanking God for every single drop that's plentiful or abundance of Beragot. So that's why I say both Rov and Keloduchmo, Kembi Ishtabah el Melikadot Ishtabahot el Odon. Like we say at the end of Ishtabah, that also we say uh, the Hatima uh, el Haodaho, which is the God that gets all the thanks and all the blessings of the praises. Baruch Adawali Hulam.